Welcome to the Game Plan Podcast with Judah Newby and Brian Perkins, breaking down all things Seahawks. Well, the Seattle Seahawks take on the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday night football week 16. This game was a Sunday nighter on the original schedule. We thought for most of the year it would be flexed out, but here we are. It's actually going to matter for both teams, and it stays in the primetime window as one of the most intriguing games of week 16. He's Brian Perkins. I'm Judah Newby. Pat Mahomes is coming to town. He ain't Santa Claus, but uh, there's definitely a festive vibe for this one, Perk. Seahawks fans will shout. They might cry. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm going to tell you why Pat Mahomes is coming to town. Yeah, it's a good matchup. You know, mm-hmm. it's uh, and see, I love the pre Christmas game Yeah, because most people, you know, like there are a lot of people, obviously, that have to work around the holidays. But for the most part, you know, if Christmas falls on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Sunday, even you get that kind of festive atmosphere where like you don't like everyone's kind of off for the holidays it's really festive it's fun and you kind of have that feeling man I get to watch some football now I always struggle because it's not a bad thing but my my wife's family have a Christmas party the the Sunday before Christmas every year every year year, you got to do this yeah you're often missing a Seahawks game Uh, often yes or Mm -hmm. at least keeping track on uh via phone Mm -hmm. now it's the Christmas party is a lot of fun, so it's usually worth it. Right. And given how it's gone the last few years, the game before Christmas, think about last year getting whooped by the Rams. Yeah, I mean that game. I was like sitting at the party on my on Twitter, kind of just like glancing. At it. I was like, man, I am so glad I'm not watching this game right now. Was that a Christmas Eve game? It was a Sunday, wasn't it? It might have been a, or they got smacked around. No, it, I think it was like actually the week before the okay. week before Christmas that that uh, year for the party. I was in the same room watching it on this TV. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> crying. Yes. Probably. And then I remember too another year uh it was the Cardinals, it was the Super Bowl year. The Super Bowl victory year. Mm-hmm. And the Cardinals beat the Seahawks. I remember that one. That one was that was like a 17 to 10 game. It was wasn't like it? really bizarre. Like yeah. Seattle had a chance late to tie, and I think Russ maybe threw a pick mm-hmm. or something like in the like inside the t- red zone. Yeah, but that was another game. I didn't have at that time. I don't think I had a smartphone. I definitely and, did not. And September 2016 for me, my yeah. first smartphone. I think mine was like 2014 or 2015, but mm-hmm. I was very resistant to smartphones for a long time. Right, um, but. Right. I remember my dad was texting me updates <laughs> like on my phone. That's, that's how I was the getting the most backwards thing I've ever heard. <laughs> it's just funny because like that's that's how I was able to keep track and he was saying like Seattle's in the like red zone they have a chance to score. No. You know and then I'm waiting to hear from him and he doesn't text me for a while, you know, but uh I just love the feeling of these of these holiday season games. I just think it's a lot of fun. You got people dressed up, and this is a big one. I specifically remember the 2012 game against the 49ers, that Sunday night game, because I was I was supposed to come home from college like a week before that, and it snowed like crazy in Chicago, and everything got grounded for days and days. It was amazing, and uh, I mean, it was amazing. I wanted to be home, but I remember two days before Christmas, it was the 23rd as well. Um, they had the Sunday night game against the 49ers and blew them out like 42 to 13. I'm pretty sure that was uh, the red Bryant blocked field goal. Yep. Um, I was really nervous about that game. Me Bain blocked field goal returned for a touchdown by Sherman and, uh, the Vernon Davis big hit by cam chancellor. Yeah. Like, and that was when you started to almost believe that, you know, you could do something special that year. So 
Yeah, it's going to have another one of those feels. There'll be Christmas lights around. There'll be Christmas lights in the graphics on NBC. It's going to be perfect, man. And we get Collinsworth and Michaels, a bunch of family around, and it'll be a lot of fun. But a lot to get to on this podcast, Perkins. We got uh, Pro Bowls. We got an injury report. We got playoff picture. We got a matchup zone. We got game note theory. Uh, and then, of course, we got a diss track at the end of it all. We had to own up to the bet with uh, with good friend Tony Z. Perk, we got a yeah. diss track of our own Seahawks. That was hard. It was hard to do, but a lot of fun to do as well. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna recap his. Tony did a diss show. So if you don't know, if you haven't been listening to the pod for a while, Tony was a used to work here, and he's a big 49ers fan. So back in the day, whatever the Chip Kelly year was, he. 16. 16. He did. We had a bet, you know, on this podcast. We brought him on, and and uh, the loser had to do a diss track of their own team. And we're going to reset that. And when you hear it, it's so insane when you think about how much the football landscape has changed yeah. based on a certain former 49ers quarterback and the Chip Kelly reference. It's just kind of funny. So yeah. uh, we decided, I guess, in our arrogance that Seattle would win this game against San Francisco to renew that bet via social media after he commented on one of our uh, videos that we post on the uh, the game's uh, Facebook page. And now we lo and behold, up. here we are. It's almost so. like... It's almost like the gods knew. It's fire, though. Let's be honest. Straight fire. All right, let's uh, begin with uh, Pro Bowl nods. Bobby Wagner going to a fifth Pro Bowl in seven years, man. Absolutely incredible. But not as the starter in the NFC. That's going again to uh, Mr. Luke Keekley, who just doesn't get enough respect yeah, you know, as a Keekley, white middle linebacker. Yeah. You know, <laughs> this is why, and see, this this stuff drives me nuts because, no respect. because Pro Bowls, while they don't matter, matter mm-hmm. same with nba all-star appearances matter mm-hmm. right like because when you're talking about someone's legacy that is always brought in the conversation even though in my opinion it shouldn't be anything that's well, based on it shouldn't be it to the degree that it is yes i think it's it's convenient to bring it into the conversation because it's a number of an important game and so you bring it in but then when you deconstruct how someone gets to that important game like yeah it's so flawed i don't think we should rely on it as heavily as we do and even even more so than that there are certain contracts in leagues mm-hmm. where your bonus is predicated on whether or not you make your all-star game whatever that may be mm-hmm. that's even worse than I don't just know. Yeah. general discussion that's more nba and and in this case too but you might be right about the pro bowl in this case too i'm not sure if that you know would tear it down to be like the starter in the pro bowl or the, not the, but for Bobby, but you're right. By and large, these non-mattering games do matter. Well, and and the other problem with the Pro Bowl a little bit is the what what this roster looks like now is not even going to be close to what the actual Pro Bowl rosters are because a you have teams in the Super Bowl and b injuries. So you're going to have a ton of these guys, that, a ton of players that get Pro Bowl nods that weren't even initially on the team. So Russell Wilson's an alternate, and that means not a top three pick. For quarterback, that goes Drew Brees, Jared Goff, Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers! Should we have a problem with Aaron Rodgers over Russell Wilson in the Pro Bowl? I think Aaron Rodgers over a slew of quarterbacks in the NFC. Mm-hmm. Over Matt Ryan, for God's sake. I don't know. When you look at the stats for the year. Aaron Rod- I'm not. I'm surprised that Aaron got in, but I'm not surprised that he got in. I don't know if that makes any sense, but... I am not surprised. You are you are just you're on fire today, Perkins. The <laughs> the diss track was hard to write and also straight fire. The Pro Bowl doesn't matter and matters. And you are surprised and not surprised that Aaron Rodgers made the Pro Bowl. <laughs> yes, I am. I am in fuego today. But you're also ice cold. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <exactly. laughs> so what what I mean by that is 
is when I saw Rodgers in, I initially was like, how the hell did he make a Pro Bowl? His team is terrible. When you look at a lot of advanced metrics for the team, it's not like he doesn't have anyone around him. Um, how did he get in? And then you sit back and you realize, oh, yeah, this is discount double check. This is one of the most notable names. He has been the best quarterback, in my opinion, in the NFL for the last you know three seasons plus. So I get it because, once again, this is not about ability and talent and how well you're doing in a particular year. It's a popularity contest well, in a lot of ways. Fan vote, coach vote, player vote, right? Isn't yeah. it a three-way split? Yes. So yes. I would like to assume it might be popularity driven among fans and players. I'm not sure if it is among coaches. Yeah, I'm not sure but either. But I think that still, him getting in proves that I think there McCarthy is a- getting fired may have helped him get in i think that when a really good quarterback like that struggles and i honestly think the the injury the knee injury has had more of an effect on his season than yeah. than anything but you assume that it's that he has no weapons around him but i just want to give you a few stats here comparing Please. wilson to rogers and once again this isn't even an argument that wilson should be in over rogers but this just shows you how mediocre rogers has been this year qbr which is a great stat because it takes into account not only passing but rushing there's a you know it's a it, in my opinion, it's a it's a better metric than passer rating. It's the value of the position. Yeah, it's the yes, exactly. Especially in modern NFL, I think that the Q, QBR rating matters a little bit more. But Wilson is twelfth, sixty five point one rating. Rogers seventeenth, fifty seven point nine. And unlike passer rating, a seven point difference in QBR is huge. Mm-hmm. It's huge. Yards per attempt. So maybe you go, okay, but Russell, you know, they play conservative offense. He he dinks and dunks. Yards per attempt, Russell Wilson, 8.0. Roger, 7.4. <clears throat> Again, a relatively significant difference when yep. you're talking about overall yards per attempt. Passer rating. Okay, we'll get into that. Wilson, 111.6. Rogers, 97.2. Oh. Touchdowns. Wilson, 31. Rogers, 23. Yes. Completion percentage. Wilson, 66.3. Rogers, 61.8. How the hell did he make a pro ball? This is how, right here. Passing yards. Rodgers has 3,974 on 537 attempts. Wilson, 3,025 on 377 attempts. 200 fewer attempts? Or 150 fewer attempts? Yes. And 400, 500 less yards? 900 less yards. 900 less yards. Interceptions. Wilson has six, which is really low. Yeah. Rodgers only has two. That's right, yeah, because he only had one going to that. So that's where he has him beat. But in every other metric, Wilson has been a better quarterback. He's been a more efficient quarterback. Look, I think the reason I'm saying this is because people have talked about Wilson, including me, that he's not been utilized enough this year by the Seahawks offense. You know, he's a franchise quarterback, but he's not putting up gaudy numbers. Well, when you compare him man-to-man – to Aaron Rodgers, I don't see much of a difference here, unless we're talking total yards, but who cares? They're but, they're out of the playoffs. You know, better team, advantage Seattle. Um, you know, shout out Michael Dixon making the Pro Bowl. He was exceptional this year. First rookie punter in history or something, or yeah, a very amazing. long time. Yeah. Hall of Fame for him. Should put him in now. Uh, we do have some alternates, including Russell. Drew Brees, Jared Goff, one of them's going to go to the Super Bowl, you would think. Uh, or Russ, of course. Um <laughs> But so there's a chance that Russ goes anyway. It's just a non-injury alternate because one of those guys is playing in the big game. I saw some rumblings too about Goff getting in, but guys, 
outside of the last three weeks, he's been one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. It's hard no. to have that conversation. I know he hasn't played well as of late, but, and he's had a, a slumping a little bit, but he has had a very, very a good A little season. bit of a slump for him is still an exceptional season. He's had a great year. Chris Carson's an alternate, as is Frank Clark, KJ Wright, Bradley McDougald, Tyler Lockett as a return specialist, and J.R. Sweezy at guard. Who would have thunk it when you uh, get J.R. Sweezy back from Tampa Bay that he would be a Pro Bowl alternate? Pretty awesome. She speaks to Solari, in my opinion, too. Solari. Yeah. Okay, um, updating the entry report. Boy, it was massive on Wednesday. Ten players did not practice Wednesday. Five players did not practice Thursday. So cut in half. <laughs> Excuse me. But me as a uh, injury report. Cough. You got DJ Fluker did not practice. Rashad Benny did not practice. Bradley McDougal did not practice. Dedrick Thompson did not practice. Neither did, did Jaron Reed. So McDougal and Thompson, your two starting safeties with the best offensive football, arguably, coming into <laughs> your place. Not pretty, Park. McDougal, let's start with him because I think he's the most important, either him or Fluker. But McDougal has some knee stuff that's been bothering him. Wasn't able to finish the 49er game. Stayed in San Francisco to get his knee checked out. Had some stuff done on it. Hasn't practiced all week long, but he's coming back to the team today. Still a chance to get ready for Sunday night. I think he's going to play personally and gut it out. But if he doesn't, we're in, we're in a bad way. Again, why this loss means so much to the to the Seattle Seahawks. If you clinch a playoff spot last week... Are you even concerned about Bradley McDougal playing football this weekend? No. I don't think so. No. You, you doing all right there? You good? Uh, uh, we like. back? Yeah, we back? All right. <laughs> that's, that's what you call a tease. Wait till the end of the pod for that reference. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that is, a, that is a huge deal. And what also scares me is if Tedrick Thompson is the best you have at that position and he can't play. World of heart. Oh, boy. You know? I think there was one guy who are the backups at safety. It's Delon O'Hill. Maurice Alexander. Maurice Alexander has a chance. There's another guy in there too, I think, named Lamb or something. Jeremy Lamb, maybe. Jeremy Lamb, Former I think. Former NBA is in there. standout. Boy, Jeremy Lamb. <laughs> UConn, shout out. Yeah, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a mess if McDougal can't go or if McDougal can't play the whole game. Yeah. And if McDougal Land Thompson can't go. My God. All right, let's let's get away from that before I get too depressed. Um, Fluker being out, too. Fluker being out's a big one because also Jordan Simmons, as you mentioned last week, is going to be out for the year, IR. So, you know, that means Posick will have to be called upon again. Oh, Jesus. We already knew how that went last week, at least. I mean, you would hope that with a week of practice as mm-hmm. the guy, he would be a little bit more prepared. Home, right? g- home game. Yeah. And even though the Niner defense isn't like elite. I think Kansas City's defense, statistically speaking, is worse. Yeah, though their path ru- pass rush is definitely nothing to sneeze at, or nothing to, uh, to C- cough at. To, yeah, to cough at. <laughs> As we'll see in the matchup zone here coming up. Yeah, so uh, that's a major, major concern for sure. The only thing I would say is like, okay, Posick looked terrible, but again, he was thrust into action as a third-string guy, wasn't really expected to play in that game and was put in a tough situation. You would hope that the that the performance would improve this week. Um right. given that he's had a week to practice assuming Fluker can't go. And uh I mean, look, your offense has to play at a high level in this game. And you can't have if you if they want to play the style they want to play and they want to try to eat clock and keep the score below the 30s, they are going to have to have and sustain long drives that 
involve the run. And you know what? Not having Penny matters for that too, because Penny's a guy that can, you know, create a little bit more uniquely. <clears throat> say if a play breaks down behind the line of scrimmage, yeah, with a batter or missed block, then then other guys like Carson or Davis. So you know, without Penny, it kind of it changes your run philosophy a little bit as well. And not only that, but Penny being out then increases reps for both Davis and more importantly Chris Carson. And again, it's interesting how the, the the narrative changes here because you win in San Francisco, all of a sudden Carson can take maybe 15 reps and just just stay fresh enough but not necessarily have to put too much wear and tear on his body going into the playoffs. But now you need him pretty much to be your bell cow back for the entire game. Okay, so here we go. The Seattle Seahawks taking on the Kansas City Chiefs and playoff clinching scenarios. Seattle can clinch a playoff berth if they get a victory and the Redskins lose or tie. And who do they play? Do we know? No, Let me good, look it up. It's a good I'll, question. Hut. Titans. Oh, Tomorrow. Yeah, and that's a Saturday game. Yep. Is that NFL Network? <clears throat> um, Probably. It is. <clears throat> yes, NFL Network. Try to force you to buy that stupid channel. Hey, hey, hey. We love this. Oh, sorry. Sorry. I just don't like uh, games uh, only being accessed via premium channels. Yeah. Who's the commission of the NFL Network anyway? Larry Scat. <laughs> oh! Fire! Well, well I mean, Tennessee is a 10-point home favorite. 10-point home favorite. Redskins suck. Yeah, who's their quarterback now? Josh... Uh, Johnson. Josh Johnson? Yeah. From the Bucks, right? Was he the one that was the quarterback for the Bucks? Wasn't that Josh Freeman? Oh yeah, that was Josh Freeman. <laughs> I don't know how I should. Know. Sorry, you can get seats are as low as forty one dollars right now. There's eleven hundred left at Nissan Stadium. Damn, you could get like nine tickets to the Pac twelve championship game for that price. Oh my gosh, hut hut hike. <laughs> Seattle can also clinch with a win or a tie and a Minnesota Vikings loss. They play. The Lions. Oh. And our six point favorites on the road. <laughs> Crap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I believe the Vikings sacked Matthew Stafford 10 times <laughs> the last time these two teams met. Mm hmm. I think Everson Griffin so, had like 40. Probably can't rest on your laurels on that one. I would never rest on Laurel. Huh? Uh, Seattle can also clinch a playoff spot with a win in the strength of victory tiebreaker over Washington. Let's not try that. Seattle can also clinch with a win and a Vikings tie with the Lions. And Seattle clinched strength of victory tiebreaker over Minnesota. Seattle can also clinch with a tie and both losses by the Redskins and Eagles. Uh, so yeah, it gets complicated. But look, you just you don't want you want to win the game and have Washington lose to Tennessee. You're, you're rooting against Washington, <clears throat> Philadelphia, and uh I guess Minnesota, ultimately. Yeah, but see, you can clinch just by Washington losing and you winning. So we'll know by Sunday. If a win is and you're you in. in. Yep. <clears throat> yep. Meanwhile, for the Chiefs, they're, the Chargers play Saturday against the Ravens. Big game. And so they'll know what's at stake for them in that game, too. If Are they going to be actually a half game down to the Chargers by the time Sunday night rolls around? God, that's a good slate on Saturday. You know what I mean? Damn it. I'm, I'm actually, <clears throat> for the first time in my life, bitter I don't have NFL Network. Yeah. So I'll text you. I'll text your dad. Have your dad text you. Yeah, we'll go through multiple channels here to get that done. Oh, well. Um, So that's your playoff scenario. All right, time for the matchup zone. Perkins, what you got? I'm going to start with Travis Kelsey. Uh, And he plays for Kansas City? City, the Chefs. 
Not sure if you know this or not, but uh, Seattle sometimes allows allows tight ends to uh, go off. That doesn't sound right. Shout out Kittle. So I put Travis uh, Kelsey uh, versus whomever will guard him mm-hmm. <laughs> because I have no idea who the hell is actually going to play in this game. J.J. Wright was not on the injury report yesterday for what it's worth. Yes, which is good because they need him now that, again, another injury uh, has has hurt them. But, you know, Kelsey has been really good this year, obviously. I mean, there's been a lot yeah. of conversation about Hunt before he got banned from the team, uh, you know, and obviously Tyreek Hill has had a career year and has played really, really well. And I feel like Kelsey is one of those guys that just because he's been doing it for as long as he has, has been kind of understated a little bit in the conversation when you talk about, you know, most notable players on the team. But he leads tight ends in receiving yards this year. He has over 1,200 receiving yards on the season, and he's second among catches with 93. So he's a guy that is targeted heavily in this game. And Judah, again, you are going to have to find a way on defense to get stops. You have to. So... It starts right there, finding a way to finally lock down a high-caliber tight end. Yep. For me, I'll go to the defensive side of the ball for Kansas City. Eric Berry, back to playing. He debuted this season last Thursday night. Six tackles. One time for Eric Berry. Um, What a story. What a character. What resilience. uh, Overcoming cancer. Coming back to the NFL. What leadership on this team. That being said, he's still playing in his second game, right? So you're going to have to put up points. You're going to have to get explosive plays. <clears throat> Can you exploit Eric Berry once or twice in this game or just the back end of the Chiefs secondary in general? Because they've struggled this year collectively, especially against the pass. And what's his snap count going to be is another question, I think. Is he played, yeah. I think, in 30-ish snaps out of 70 in that game against the Chargers, which was a very important game. But obviously they have to kind of wane him back onto the field a little bit, right? Like right. wane. Wayne Wayne him. him. Wayne him. Wayne's world. Party time. Excellent. On that same note, my second matchup is Russell Wilson versus that chief secondary. And mm. um talk to me. You know I wanted I talked in the last podcast that if I wanted to see something change in Seattle's offensive philosophy <laughs> is to give Russell Wilson more chances and give him opportunities to make plays. The Chiefs are thirty second in the NFL in passing defense. Woo! Now they're run, Sutton. <laughs> their run defense ain't much better. Okay, they're 26th. <laughs> so, That's pretty bad. So I think that Seattle being the balanced team that they are does help them in this game. But on that same token, I would like to see them unleash Russ a little bit and give him opportunities, uh, especially with Baldwin back, seemingly healthy. You have Lockett. You have a pretty dangerous uh, uh, option, uh, options Excuse me for Wilson right now. Uh, McKissick back in the lineup, maybe utilize him a little bit in the passing game as well. That's a big matchup for me. I want to see Wilson go off, especially – also, just selfishly, I want to see him play well in primetime after the performance he had on Monday Night Football against Minnesota. Every single snap in this game, you're going to be watching the quarterbacks. What a, what a matchup. I cannot wait to watch Patrick Mahomes in a game that matters in primetime on the road. This is going to be his toughest test yet, in my opinion. Um, he obviously had to go to New England. That's not a tough place to play. I've, I've seen games there. I've seen a game there first Sunday night. But New England's really good at home. Not an intimidating environment, though. Yeah, and see, New England's probably better than Seattle at home just in the last couple of years. But even historically, Seattle's a much tougher place to play, no question about it. Um, so I'm eager to see how Pat handles it. And I'll, I'll go ahead and say Pat against the Seahawks pass rush. Huge matchup for me. <clears throat> even a moderate amount of pressure to make him uncomfortable or try to disrupt timing. 
makes a big difference with this guy. That being said, we also know just how capable he is of improvising and making ridiculous plays. A no-look pass here, a left-handed pass there, plays outside the pocket, plays inside the pocket. He can run. He can run the read option. He can throw the deep ball like nobody's business. His arm is insane. But if you can disrupt him just a little bit, I think the Chargers did an exceptional job of that. They limited Kansas City to eight possessions for the entire game. Eight. You got to copy and paste that formula if you're Seattle defensively. And for me, it starts with the pass rush. Yeah. Yeah. No, what's, that's, your, what's your final one? Yeah. No, that's that's great, though. By the way, it, the Seahawks fan of me wants to see them shut Mahomes down, but the football fan of me wants to see a shootout between Wilson and, and Mahomes. Boy. Like, I would love to see both of those guys make plays with their feet. You know, create some space. Both of them have huge arms. You know, I don't. <laughs> That'd be fun. I don't really. Th- when was the last time like an elite, top tier quarterback has got shut down in Seattle? The one of the only times I can think of is Drew Brees on that Monday night in 2013, and Seattle beat him. What was it, 42 to seven? I think Brady in 2012. Brady didn't, didn't yeah. play well in Seattle. Yeah, he had two picks I think in that game, including one at the including in the, the end zone. The, yeah. <clears throat> and if one, I remember, and one to I don't know. Maybe I'd have to look at those stats, but yeah, I just I remember them not pretty well. I feel like they didn't score a lot though in that game. Like, like yeah. I don't know. It was twenty-seven, twenty-four, wasn't it? But anyway, yeah, I guess um, it's a good point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the breeze in that one though, in particular, the Monday yeah. night game, they they couldn't do anything, yeah. anything. And it yeah. was the Saints. It was breeze. But other than that, we've seen quarterbacks go in there have days. Roethlisberger had a day. You know, we saw. Um, you know, Romo's had <laughs> had days in there. Yeah. <clears throat> so we'll we'll see how Pat does. But you're right; it'll be interesting um, rooting against him, and also as a football fan, imp- appreciating. He's his just so much fun to watch. I mean, he's just a really fun player. Yeah. And you know, I mean, I, I, to be honest, out of the NFC or AFC, I'm going to be rooting for Kansas City. Yeah. Actively, mm-hmm. anybody but Philip Rivers, but especially. Especially the Pat Chiefs. Mahomes is young enough to be one of Phil's kids. We never know. He's he's actually the age of how many children <laughs> Philip Rivers has. Twenty. <laughs> <laughs> um, my final matchup. You talk about the the Seahawks defensive pass rush, and you know, hopefully, you can see Clark get home a little bit. And um, you know, Jaron Reed had a week last week, so maybe you can see him do that as well. But Green's got or Reed's got a little groin stuff. Too I know he, he hasn't practiced yet. Yeah. Yeah, he hasn't practiced yet this week. Yeah. But you have to wonder if some of that's precautionary. You I think know? so. I think if you if you are seeing guys still not practice today, that's a problem. Yeah. Um, mine though is Chris Jones for the Chiefs, a guy you were reminiscing a little bit about the draft. Yeah, <clears throat> Seattle wanted him. I think no question. A lot of mocks had Seattle taking Chris Jones when they say the 2014 draft, maybe. But uh, Seattle was picking 31. Hmm. And. Kansas City was picking 27, I think, 28 maybe. And Chris Jones went off the board right before Seattle. It was very similar to the Derwin-James dynamic this year. I felt like he, he was such a fit um, that if he got to 18, you knew Seattle was going to take him, and then they didn't, and then they traded out. So, yeah, Chris Jones is someone I've always watched with a keen eye, knowing how well he would have fit in the Seattle system, Perkins, and it's for a good reason why. He's a hell of a player. Yeah, no, he really is. And uh, watching him... Go up against a Fetty, first and foremost, who has played better this year. But slash, I put a Fetty slash Fluker question mark slash Posick because Jones is an interior guy. He is, but he kind of lines up some, you know, more on the on the left three, side, three four, yeah. So he does line up a little bit more on the left side. 
So mm-hmm. um, I'm interested to see. Uh, first of all, if Fluker doesn't play, I'll, I'll be terrified. If he does play, I'll be intrigued. Um, I think is how I'll, I'll word this because I think that that's a really good matchup. You know, Jones has recorded at least one sack in his last 10 games, which is an NFL record. That's he had right. two and a half last week against the Chargers, played really well. So that is a huge matchup for me in this game because, again, you can't take sacks. You can't have holding penalties if you want to play the style of offense that Seattle wants to play. And they have to score. They are going to have to put put up points in this game. This isn't going to be 17-10, 17-14. It's not going to work. You know, how much you want to bet Chris Jones gets his sack on the first play of the game? I could just see like a... <laughs> it's gonna, it's, I think it's a strip sack first play of the game, like, like the NFC title. Like an NFC title, like... They roll out Russ. He's like, oh, Chris Jones, all 11 straight games. <laughs> Except for unlike the NFC title game, the defense would probably not be able to tighten up there and force a field goal. No. <laughs> they did a great job of doing that. That's a great point. Um, time for some game note theory. Game note theory. Boy, I got a lot of them today. I got one, too. You might have this already, so I don't know. You want to go first? Because <laughs> it's the only one I got. Yes, I will go first. Game note theory with Brian Perkins. Um I'll go ahead and uh, and float this one. I bet you have it, but whatever. Uh, Russell Wilson joined Elite Company last week. He um, is passed for over 3,000 yards this year now. Huge deal. Yes. He joins Peyton Manning Yes, as the only players in the history of football to pass for 3,000 yards and 20 touchdowns or more. In every one of their first seven seasons. So suck on that. Which is crazy when you think about the quarterbacks that have blown through this league. But fascinating. For a guy that doesn't uh, get a lot a lot of quote-unquote opportunities to throw, he still puts up numbers. He really does. It's funny because the, his numbers that he's put up this year would be insane 10 years ago. Well, maybe not 10 years ago. Maybe 15 years ago. Maybe 30. Well, no, I mean, the passing, I mean, really. Him and Otto Graham. When the rules have changed since, like, 2009, 2010, that's when the numbers really exploded, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, I got to say, durability matters in that stat a lot, too. Of course. Guys like Brady that got hurt, missed a season. Guys like Rodgers that have been hurt, missed a season. Yeah. Russell just doesn't miss. So yeah. that, I mean, that Nick Mullins is coming too. for that record for sure. But Mullins is coming. Yeah, we'll see. Molly. I actually left that one. I did see that. I left it off the list because there's a couple other Wilson stats here. Yeah. He needs one more win to become the first quarterback with a winning record in each of their first seven seasons. Wow. And we we know, obviously, Peyton Manning, his first year, I think they won three games? Yeah, I think some stupid. I think it was three games. Yeah. And obviously, Brady, his second season as a starter they missed the playoffs right they went seven and nine that year i want to say maybe Hmm. 2002 he also needs 32 completions could that happen in this game 32 completions (laughs) (laughs) to pass dave craig for second in seahawks history he'll do that on week 17 yeah he will for second for second who's got one matt it must be matt i was thinking maybe zorn but or warren probably matt warren didn't play he wasn't he wasn't long enough I was thinking, yeah, it has to be either Zorn or it must be Matty Ice. I think it's Matt Nasty. Matt Nasty. We'll take the ball. We're going to score. Booger. I don't know if they counted that as a completion or not. Mm-hmm. We threw the pick six. I don't think so. Chris Carson, Rashad Penny, and Mike Davis are the only trio of teammates in the NFL to rush for at least 400 yards each this season. Th- Davis has 400 yards? Yeah. Damn. That's you know, insane. I, another thing about that game last week, I was a little bit bitter that the Mike Davis revenge game wasn't able to go off as well as it uh, 
as it did a, a because Mike of Davis all the damn, revenge game. Yeah, you know, against the Niners at home. Yeah, that's a definitely Mike Davis is worthy <laughs> of a revenge game, not like Sherm or anything. It's a Mike Davis revenge game. Now, it was Pete Carroll revenge game. He used to coach in San Francisco that's under true. Seifert. That's true. That's where his ties are. But yeah, the Mike Davis revenge game. Yeah, I totally missed that Did one. Did not go off as well as, as anticipated. Mm-hmm. The Ken Norton revenge game, for crying out loud. Yeah. <laughs> Won a Super Bowl with the Niners. Carson needs 87 yards to become the first 1,000-yard rusher since Marshawn Lynch. Wow. By the way. When did Marshawn Lynch play? 2014 was the last time Seattle had a 1,000-yard rusher. I think that could happen in this game. Oh, yeah. 84? I think 87. I think it... I would argue that it might need to happen in this game. Might need to, yeah. If if they're not able to get their their bell cow running back to 90-plus yards, I think that they're going to be struggling overall as an offense, given their philosophy. But we'll see. Obviously, the way the... I mean, game script can change in an instant, right? Um, So we'll have to keep an eye on that. Seahawks are second in the NFL with a plus-12 turnover differential. That I did not know. A defense that that relies heavily on turnovers for sure because after the game against the Niners, they have now fallen to – they were once, by the way, second in this stat. They have fallen to 19th in defensive DVOA. They were second like week two. I'm just kidding. <laughs> they were second like, right out of the gate. Week no. six. First quarter of week one. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah, I think it was like about close to midway through the season, but they have really, really struggled. And obviously Earl Thomas going out – how much of a factor did that play? Yeah, uh, there are definitely. But there were they had games where they, didn't they force five fumbles in one game? Didn't get up with any of them against Carolina. And that's like why they're close. They're, they're close. But that's why a little bit depending on turnovers as mm-hmm. your defensive strategy. And obviously this team has a lot of holes, and so that's what they're going to have to do is force right. turnovers right. to be a good defense. They yeah. just don't have the talent. Right. Um, a lot of it due to injuries as well, mm-hmm. but they just don't. But the problem with that is again. Fumbles especially. While, yes, you can force a fumble, it's very arbitrary whether or not you you recover a fumble. Um, that Panthers game was obviously a very extreme example. Like, if, if Seattle forces five fumbles in a playoff game, they're probably going to recover at least two of them, right? I mean, you, you would think, think so. And you got to use Kansas City's aggressiveness against them in that regard because yeah. they're going to be aggressive. They are. So, uh, also, Sunday Night Football has done uh, well for Pete Carroll. The Seahawks are nine two and one under the lights under Pete Carroll. And one. Since, I love that game. But here you go. Since twenty fifteen, just four two and one. Well, we're just not playing as many of them. Actually, that's more. <laughs> wait, wait, they're nine and what? They're nine two and one overall. Under Pete? Yes, total. And since when? Since twenty fifteen, they're four two and one. So, so they were five and <clears> 0 going into twenty fifteen. They've had wins the four two and one. Let's try to get that really quick. Oh boy! The okay. wins were Eagles, over Eagles, Patriots, Patriots, uh, Cardinals. At some point in there, and they, t- and they tied the Cardinals at home. The tie was to the Cardinals. I believe they blew the Cardinals out. No, no, at no. Home. The, and they had a loss to the Cardinals. Yes, they did. Thirty-nine. So they they're one one and one against the Cardinals in prime time because they blew them out. To was that last year? It was last year on Sunday Night Football in November. I think you're when right. Sherm tore his Achilles. No, that was a Thursday. Oh, that was a Thursday night game. Damn, mm-hmm. you're right. So. Um, F in Thursday night football, man. Yeah, man. Um, they lost to the Packers on a Sunday night to open the year in like 2015, maybe. It wasn't to open the year. Week two. Oh, yeah. It might have been 2013, though. I can't remember. 
No, because they they opened the year against the Packers and beat them in 2014 because mm-hmm. they were the defending champs and they beat them at home. So 2015, and then they lost to the two. Chargers the following week when yeah. it was like 110 degrees out. I think week two, um, 2015, didn't they start 0 2 with losses to the Rams and Packers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. <clears throat> yep. So, so there you have it. Yeah. So that that'll be our remember when. Are they impervious? Uh, a couple more for you. Sorry, I got a lot of game note theory for you today. Impervious? Not impervious. Is that same as behoove? <laughs> hut, hut, hike. Dehoof. <laughs> Dehoofify. Sydney Rice. Sebastian Janikowski needs four field goals to pass Jason Elam for ninth place. Jason Elam. 437 is he what. He needs how many? He needs four. To pass him? Yep. For ninth? Ninth. And he's at 437 now? No, he, that would get him to 437. He's at 433? Yeah. That's interesting, isn't it? I figured he'd be higher than that. I don't. I mean, I've just always thought of Janikowski as a great kicker. Well, Elam was amazing, though. Ben, true. I know. I just feel like, wow, he's only tenth all time. I don't know. For some reason, yeah. I just I felt like he was he was higher hmm. than that. Frank Clark needs a half sack to tie Cliff Averill for tenth place on the Seahawks all time sack list. And I, we've talked about this one. I think he was obviously farther back in the past. But how is he already almost tenth all time? Seahawks history. Not a whole lot of great passers. <laughs> not many. There have been a few really good ones, but yes. not too many. Yeah, Steve Largent was great. Oh, Joey man. Galloway. Oh, Joey Galloway. Brian was... Blades. Joe Jervicious. Brian Blades. Is that the greatest Seahawk name of all time? <sighs> yeah, I think so. Brian Blades is right up there with the best football name, and especially yeah. Seahawk name. Yeah. Yeah, right next to Janikowski. Doug Baldwin, just 36 yards he needs to pass Daryl Jackson for third all-time on the Seahawks uh, receiving list. It's a good comp for him, too, Baldwin and Jackson. Jackson may have been a bit more big play. I feel like Jackson had a case of the dropsies much more than Baldwin, though. I think you're right. I think you're right. Like, but if we look in terms of drops, like security blanket, like Matt loved throwing to D-Jack. Yeah, he liked Ingram, too, though. Ingram was more. Ingram might have been Ingram more. Ingram was Bobby. like your possession, like he third was a down. possession slot. Like it's third and six, you know it's going to Ingram mm-hmm. every freaking time. And I remember, I will never forget when the NFL changed the rule where you have to like give the ball to the official or leave it in the general vicinity because his celebration after he gets a first down is to like throw the ball and point. Yeah, and he got a freaking penalty for that. Sounds about right. Like game one of a of the regular season. Anyway, I was bitter about that. Last one for you. Seahawks trail the Chiefs all time. Former rivals. Reunite again, thirty-three to eighteen all time. Get this: since two thousand, Seahawks are just two and uh, two and six, including that game in twenty fourteen, November road game. I think maybe a December road game actually in Kansas City. Really thought we were going to win that one. Didn't. Close game. Bitter game. Alex Smith beat us. Well, that's good game. No theory right there. Good. Remember when sesh. Perkins, it is time for uh, predictions before we get to our diss track. <sighs> predictions. Why don't you go first? Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and just jump right into it. Kansas City is favored by two and a half. I think they should be favored. They have more time to rest. Um, Andy Reid is very, very good coming out of a bye week. This isn't a bye, but he's got four extra days to prepare. I would imagine that helps. I think Kansas City's a healthier team. Even though they're thin at the running back position, and we'll see if Spencer Ware plays in this game, um, I'm going to pick Seattle to win. It's an emotional pick. It's going to be a high-scoring game. I think whoever has the ball last wins. I think that team is Seattle. Seahawks 33, Kansas City Chefs 31. It's interesting because you mentioned it. 
everything seems to be in Kansas City's favor, except for the home field. But injuries, right? Seattle's dealing with injuries. They're licking their wounds after a, a bad loss to a really bad team. Kansas City's just a probably a better team, right, top to bottom, than, than Seattle is. They have more rest. Yet, if you ever count the Seahawks out after a loss like that, going up against a good opponent, you're foolish. You're just foolish to say there's no way they win this game. Because Pete Carroll, for all of his flaws, always has his guys ready for big games like this. Always. It's going to be a good game. It's going to be a competitive game. And I could see Seattle winning. I'm just not going to pick them in this game. I think it's going to be good. I'm going to take the Chiefs winning 30-27 to over the Seahawks. I think Russell Wilson has a good game. I just don't think they have quite enough to get over the hump. But I fully expect and anticipate Seattle to play well in this football game. I, I would be stunned if this turned into a blowout loss or a or anything of that nature. All right. There we go. Those are our predictions. Let's uh, reminisce on uh, as we set up our diss track. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna play Tony first, right? We're gonna play Tony first again to reset. This was a 2016 diss track written by our good <laughs> friend Tony Z, who was a big 49er fan, still is, and um, yeah, somehow still is. And he did a diss track because Seattle beat the Niners in 2016 a lot to a little, and uh, <laughs> he did a diss track. So that that's kind of what started this whole diss business. Anyway, and and I want you you need to tell us, okay, at Game Plan Pod on Twitter, uh, at J- Judah Newby, mm-hmm. at Perkins Radio thirteen, or on Facebook where we post this as well on the on the game's Facebook page. Tell us whose was better. Yeah, tell us because whose this was is now the true rivalry. This is, t- this is a big rivalry. Okay, this is basically we're we're writing our own toy. This soldiers is Sherman here, okay? Crabtree, toy soldiers. I love that song. Sherman Crabtree is a way better analogy. There we go. <clears throat> Get okay. it. Here we go. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers got that whooping. 38 17, man, them hawks were cooking. Real recognized, real. And I'm sitting here next to two hawks, and they letting it be known who runs the block. Jay Noobs and Perk Nasty representing the hawks. Alpha Media 750 game, we're at the hot. Uh. San Francisco 49ers got no one to blame. Not starting cap, man. That boy Chip Kelly insane. On mamas, we look soft. Blaine who? I don't know who that is. I'm on the Bay Area, boy, and my team looks atrocious. We might need to pick up some players from the Portland Steel. I'm not a rapper, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, you are not. No, he's not. And neither are we, as you're about to find out. <laughs> so that was his humble... Uh, his humble... <clears throat> effort <laughs> but I loved it I think it was very authentic for Tony so we you know run the bet back and the Seahawks lose somehow to the 49ers and so uh, we, we didn't work- even we're foolish we didn't even run the bet back we just said if the 49ers lose we'll do a diss track or if the 49ers oh, win no, we'll do no. a diss track I, I put it on Facebook I said hey Tony like big you game do come the up bet? and he's like dude same bet let's do oh, it okay. and so he the way the, I read he it. had the stones to do it again Okay. I think. I can't remember who volunteered Because I bet. feel like, all right, if they lose, we'll do it. That's like what I said on yeah. there. I said yeah, if yeah. they lose, we'll do a diss track. Yeah. And so they lost. And uh, <laughs> we did this. So cover your ears. Uh, it's for you, Tone. Tone. Diss track city. 
headed into Levi's, all you needed was a dub. Instead, you left defeated, looking like a scrub. Playoffs in the picture, but now I'm getting sicker. Drinking liquor quicker than I think a kicker. Tackling like he's litter, Chottenheimer. It's time to open up your playbook. Give the ball to Russell, let him throw, and he will slay. Look, he's got Dougie, Lockett, and David, too. Throw in McKissick and watch defenses get the flu. Hut, 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 hike. Give the ball to Russell or we go on strike. Hut, 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 hike. Give the ball to Russell or we go on strike. Hut, 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 hike. Give the ball to Russell or we go on strike. I've said my piece and now I'm done. I'ma hand it off to Judah like we on the one. Oh. Uh. Straight nasty. Not as nasty as that Seahawk lost, though. Here we go. Blue 42, Omaha. How could we not get it done in Frisco, Broad Just had to beat the Niners. They only had three wins, but we lost them after watch Richard Sherman get his revenge. Hold up. There's a flag on the play. I'm airing dirty laundry more than the refs did on game day. 14 penalties. What the heck was that? Every single big play was getting called back. But hey, I'm not better. It's all in good fun. I never think about running it when we're on the one. We don't expect a title. We're just here for the ride. But beating the crappy Niners would have been nice. So keep chewing that bubblicious, dear Coach Pete. This team is tight but needs consistency. Bowing down to the Niners, that's just not who I am. It can only be avenged by beating KC, man. Huh, huh, I Give the bottle Russell a week ago on strike. Man, I said, huh, huh, hi. Why don't we just go back and resign Sydney Rice, yo? Shout out, Sydney. Shout out, Bobby Swagner. Dixon. Distract City Boy. Nick Vanette. Sweezy. Posick. Confetti. Upholding. Shout out, Tom Cable. Yeah, Sean. John Kitna. <laughs> John Kitna. District. <laughs> well, Perkins, that was uh, our, our attempt at the district. <laughs> I love yeah. just shouting out random Seahawk names at the end. Yeah, like random, like, C-level. Well, not Sweezy. But Robo, uh, alternate. <laughs> but that was a lot of fun. So we'll we'll see if we ever uh, do that again, or maybe roll out a music video next time. Yeah, you know, I had some good ideas for a music video, yeah. but uh, no time in the production booth today. No, no time. All right, he's got the Chiefs. I've got the Hawks. Watch Sunday Night Football, five twenty on NBC. Listen to it through the airwaves on the radio dial on one zero two nine seven fifty. The game. We will see you again. Are you coming in Christmas Eve? No. <laughs> well, we'll I have see. a doctor's appointment, so I can't come in. That's classic. Unless you have a note that you can get to me from your doctor, you need to be here. Well, I took a vacation day, but I get what you're saying. Otherwise, <laughs> we're going to call it an absent. All right. Well, we'll figure something out, but go Hawks, most importantly. Enjoy the diss track. We'll put the diss track. I will isolate it and uh, and put it on SoundCloud. Put that in the Facebook comments. I'll also put the podcast in the Facebook comments as well. So enjoy.